Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick concludes the message entitled, What Does It Take to Change a Nation? His scripture text is taken from 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21. This message was taught at Church on the Rock in Berea, Kentucky, where Mark Sarver is the pastor. On the last broadcast, Brother Rick taught us the final two of four key words that we need to know about to witness a move of God in our day. Then he told the story about how God changed his workplace in an unusual way. On this broadcast, he finishes that story and concludes the message by bringing us four ways that we can become an agent of change in our world. And now, here's Brother Rick. Comes lunchtime and I hear a cat whistle and they're whistling me back in. And we pick up where we left off. Second break, same thing happens. Let me tell you what happened the next morning. A guy walked in, one of the roughest guys in the group, and he had a paper bag, said, I want you to explain to me what's in this bag. I'm thinking, Lord, don't let there be a snake in there. <laughs> I didn't know what he wanted. <laughs> I'm just too honest for y'all, ain't I? I can see right now y'all squirming. I'm okay. Calm down. You know what he did? He reached in that bag and pulled out his Bible. And he said, I've had this sitting by my bed for over 10 years and I don't understand. Did you know it led into a three-month Bible study where every break and every lunch, I taught the Word of God. Do you know my first pastorate was Fisher Price Toy Company? Let me tell you what happened. Anna got saved. That vulgar human being gave her life to Jesus. You're talking about an amazing thing. I didn't know whether I wanted her in the kingdom, but Jesus seemed to. Can I tell you what happened? She come one Wednesday. She said, I'm coming to church with you. I'm thinking, oh, Jesus. Because, see, it was kind of a birthplace of legalism. Everybody know what I'm talking about? And I showed up, and she's standing on a porch in a pair of jeans looked like they'd been painted on her with a fishnet football jersey on. Fishnet, y'all heard me, fishnet. Now, I would like to tell you it was over a long sleeve blouse, but it wasn't. And I looked up on that porch and thought, this is mine and your last night here. Because, <laughs> see, the church prays for the world to come in, but we ain't ready. We ain't ready. Because they don't know Christian needs. And they don't know how to act because they just come out of hell. And when I walked up on porch, she said, I'm sitting right by you. I said, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you. She sat down by me. Everybody in the church watching her. Oh, God, help us. Help us, Lord, help us. 
I'm sitting there, man, I'm telling you, I am so uncomfortable. People looking, I'm just waving, trying to be kind, hoping they don't church me before church is over. They give an altar call, and she goes to the altar and lifts her hands. And I wish that jersey would at least stay down, but it didn't. And God wonderfully filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Standing in a legalistic church. In a fishnet jersey. Because he don't look at the outside. He judges a heart that is hungry to know him. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> that woman become the boldest witness I ever met in my life. Did you know that she became the replacement for me when I went in full-time ministry? <laughs> God's still in the business. You hear me? He's still in the business. Elijah's crying. I'm the only one serving you, Jesus. He goes down to a cave and there's a fire and there's an earthquake. There's a wind that rents a mountain in half. That's a bad wind. And the Bible said God wasn't in that. God wasn't in that. And then he says to Elijah, why are you here, boy? Why are you here? This ain't where the action is. I didn't call you to isolation. Listen to me, church. God didn't call you to isolation from the world. He don't want you isolated. He wants you insulated. But you're not going to change the world from a distance. So God said, go back where you started. And he said, by the way, when you're on the way, when you're on the way, I want you to work on generations. Put that scripture up, Deb. I want to show them what it says. This is God speaking to Elijah because Elijah expected the fire and the rain to move Jezebel. Listen to me now this morning. What that drama showed the other night. What we talked about over in the other building, in the rock houses, you're not going to see real change until it's generationally changed. Until you become generationally intentional, you're never going to see this nation change. No big event, no fire falling, no rain pouring is going to change our nation. Get out of the ideal. If God shows up and does a big thing, everybody's going to bow down. The Lord said to him, everybody say, the Lord said, Go towards the wilderness of Damascus, and when you come, anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, shall thou anoint to be a prophet in your place. And it shall come to pass. Everybody say, it shall come to pass. That him that escapeth the sword of Haziel shall Jehu slay. And him that escapeth the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Now did you know Elijah, you would have thought, would have went and anointed Haziel, wouldn't you? But he didn't. You know what he did? He went by and reluctantly. Can I tell you, he really was not happy with the instruction of God. He didn't go through some ceremony. He come by and slapped a man with a coat. What good is this going to do? <laughs> Slaps him with a coat. And Elisha says, hang on, I'm going with you. Did you know that 
Elisha ends up anointing Haziel. But that don't happen right off the bat. In fact, you'll discover that that don't happen to Second Kings. It's Second Kings before you see that happen. Chapter 8. And Elijah nor Haziel ever get to Jehu. But one day Elisha, it looks like it's an afterthought. He's sitting talking and he says to one of the young boys he's mentoring, take a cruise of oil and run down there and anoint Jehu. Just, just anoint Jehu. You know what happens? Haziel represents the judgment of God. Haziel was capital B-A-D. He killed anybody that looked his way and slightly frowned. That dude was bad. But killing everybody still don't take Jezebel off the throne. Jehu was more strategic. And it's Jehu that kills the family of Jezebel and Ahab. Can I tell you how much it was from when the fire fell? Forty years. Forty years before that spirit was removed out of the nation. Do you understand something, church? It's been generations that we've been in decline and we're wanting it all to switch around in one day without training the next generation to turn us back towards God. We need to become generationally intentional in everything we do. We need to realize there's a nation that is needing God and we must make ourselves available to be a part of the kingdom of God. That brings transformation. I want to give you these four things. Brother AC, come to the music so they'll think I'm stopping. Just trying to encourage folks. Amen. Let me give you this and we're going to close. You're going to be an agent of change in the world? It's one I woke up early. We use our voice for a lot of stuff, don't we? Mostly complaining, criticizing, griping. If you don't believe that, turn to Facebook. God gave you a voice to declare his glory and proclaim his truth and make a difference in the world you're living in. You're going to be a world changer? Here's what it's going to take. Number one, you got to be persuaded yourself. Agrippa said, I'm almost persuaded. I'm telling you, he described a large portion of the church. I'm almost persuaded that God could change our nation. I'm not really sure, Pastor, but I'm almost sure he could do it. Listen, we're going to have to get sure that the only hope of our nation is God Almighty. We're going to have to be persuaded. Once you're persuaded, you're going to have to involve yourself in the process. Because there's an Anna around you needing to know truth. <laughs> oh, I tried to get her to come to church. It didn't work that way. I was trying to keep her out of the break room. God brought her. You know why God brought her? Because I needed her as much as she needed me. <laughs> Are you hear me? Not only that, you're going to have to be persistent. That man that handed me that Bible, it's been over 35 years since he handed me that Bible.
But you know, he met with me just recently, told me, Rick, I want you to preach my funeral. And I said, Bill, I got to tell you something. He said, what is it? I said, the Lord told me that you were going to come to him before you die. And you're preaching your funeral right now. He's promised me. For over 35 years, every chance I've got, I've sung in him. I've sung him songs I wrote. I've told him about what God's done in my life as if he's already born again. You know why? Because he will be. Because I'm not going to quit till he is. There's one more thing it's going to require of you, friend. You're going to have to be patient. And how many of you know that's the toughest thing for us in our world? We scream at a microwave because it ain't quick enough. Just think of how long and how patient and how kind Jesus was. Till you came to your place of realization. Think about how many times he could have killed you and got off with justifiable homicide. Because you was worthy of it. But he was merciful. While heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You here this morning and you've not fully persuaded to follow Jesus, would you lift your hand and say, that's me. That's me. That's me. Lift your hand this morning. Lift your hand. I want to be. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's afruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.